0: Speak on uh, healing and uh, make it so clear from the scriptures that God has called you to heal the sick, not pastors. Amen? God has called you to heal the sick, not just the pastors and evangelists. So that's what we'll be doing. And I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 12, this is the scripture because we're actually finishing the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're concentrating on uh, the power gifts. That's faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Now, that's plural gift. That's the only plural gift. The gifts of healings. That's the way the scripture says, says it to us. Father, I just want to thank you. We thank you because you've given us ears that can hear. Lord, you've given us hearts that can understand. And we receive your word today. And we'll put your word into practice. And we know that you will confirm your word with signs following. And many will be healed this morning from all their ailments. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. When it comes to spiritual gifts, if you are a Christian, when it comes to spiritual gifts, God does not want you to be ignorant of them. But it seems like in the church, when God says, I don't want you to be ignorant, Ignorant of this, we tend to be more ignorant of that thing than every other thing. <laughs> God says concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant of these things. Why? Because they are important for your spiritual life. They are needed. You need these gifts. You can't be ignorant of them. You shall know the truth, and the tr- truth shall make you free if you are ignorant of what god says you shouldn't be ignorant of you're missing out on a great blessing of god in your life so you need to study these things that's why we're bringing these messages to you so you know what god has said not to be ignorant of i wanted to know that i needed that in my christian life i wanted somebody to teach me what are these things he bothered me i need to understand these gifts what are they? How do they operate? Are they for me? Can I operate through them? I wanted somebody to teach me on these things so that I can advance in the kingdom of God because that's what God wants for us. He says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. He doesn't want you immature, staying the same every year. You need to grow from where you are, foster baby, then you get mature. you got children, and then you take care of them and minister to them. Not for the pastors alone, but for every one of us. And as a church, this is where you come and you are taught these things, and then you go back out and you put into practice the things that you are hearing. Not only living the Christian life, but practicing what Jesus told us to do. Practice those things. He sent you out to heal the sick. It will be so clear to you this morning that Jesus has giving you and ordained you and giving you that commission to go out, not only to preach the gospel, sharing with people about Christ, but to heal them. And He will be with you, healing them. Because it tells us in Isaiah chapter 8, I, I, and the children, that's you and I, that the Father has given to me, we are for what? Signs and wonders in the world. That's why you are the light of the world. That's why you are the salt of the earth. I hate that song, this little light of mine. Why would God give you a little light? God doesn't give anyone any little light. I don't sing those songs. He gave you a big light to light up the world. Amen. So understand that. God wants you to heal the sick. Now, in John chapter 14 verse 12, Jesus is saying this, most assuredly, that means, that means, I'm not going to tell you a lie. This is the truth. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, how many of you believe in him today? How many of you call yourself a believer today? Do you really believe? Jesus said, "Assuredly, shortly, I say to you, he or she who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Is it right? Did he mean what he was saying? What was he just speaking? What kind of works was he talking about? Healing the sick, doing miracles. He didn't say I say shortly to you, the pastors that believe in me, they would is that what it says? He who believes in me, say with me, I am a believer. I can do the same works. And if you say you can't do the works, you make God a liar. <laughs> that means you're lying to yourself. When God says you can't do it, and you say you can't do it, and somebody's lying. You can't do it. You just haven't acted on it. Amen? That's when you see the power of God walking through you. He says these signs, the Bible tells us, Jesus was telling us, these signs follow them that what? Believe. Are you a believer? He already made it clear. If you are a believer, the signs follow you. Acknowledge the signs that are following you. They shall cast out devils. They lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Was he telling us the truth? Exactly the truth. He told us the truth. If you are a believer, just as he said before, I shortly I say to you, he who believes believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And he's saying, these signs follow them that believe. The key word there is belief. If you are a believer, the signs follow you. You don't have to make the signs follow you. Just because you are a believer, they follow you. You just haven't acknowledged them. Amen. They're there with you. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. Let me share something with you. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed the Lord Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Why? Why did God anoint Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power? What did He do? He went about doing good. That's your Christian life, right? Healing all Who were oppressed by the devil. By that statement he says. Every sickness is an oppression of the devil. Do you understand that? Every sickness, everyone that Jesus healed, he was healing them from satanic oppression. Yeah, I know you say to me, yeah, that was a bacterial infection that caused the problem. Oh, yes, but Jesus doesn't see it that way. He sees a blind man. He says, you blind spirit, come out of the man, right? He sees a deaf man. You will tell him, well, the man is deaf. His inner ear is not well developed. Jesus calls out a deaf spirit. And the person is healed. In the natural, you see what you see. And that's the fact. But the truth is the Spirit is responsible for it. And we're coming to that. Amen? That's just the truth. The signs follow them that believe. And you are a believer. The same Holy Ghost... He's in you, and when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have been anointed by God, just as He anointed His Son, Jesus Christ, and He's sending us out into the world, and the same sending is on your life, and He's telling you to go about doing good, and doing what? Healing all that have been oppressed by the devil. You just haven't acted on it. Amen. That's why I shared with you, I'm coming to this village and they're telling me there's a demon in this village. He's going to be mad So when you preach the gospel. uh, So you go and fast and pray because uh, uh, he's going to really give you a problem. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. Tell him to go and fast and pray because I'm coming into town. Jesus is with me. He is the one to be worried, not me. So we, we, we go with the power of God. And God is there with you, and He wants to walk through you. Now, let me tell you this. Every time, just to let you know that God has called you to heal the sick. Don't miss that. You know, you know how many of you heard about Charles and Francis Hunter? <laughs> yeah. They are known all over the world as great healing ministers. You know, Francis said, before she received the baptism and the Holy Spirit... That's what I said before. You have to be very persistent. Refuse to give him. Before she received the baptism and the Holy Spirit, she said she probably prayed for 10,000 people. She wouldn't give up. And only 10 got healed. About 10, she said. Then she got the Holy Spirit. And then she continued to do the same thing. And the percentage increased. And increased. And she continued... And today, she is known, and with her husband, known all over the world as healing ministers because they will not quit. You can be discouraged because you prayed with somebody and nothing happened. And so you say, well, this thing doesn't work. Well, uh, Francis said, the first person I prayed for, the next day the person died. (laughs) How encouraging. She was going out as a healing minister, and the very first person, she was, you know, she heard the message, and she was going to practice. Hey, come here, I'm going to pray for you. She prayed one day, the next day, they called her, oh, he's gone. But she wouldn't give up. She kept going. You need to be persistent. Amen? That's where it's going we Even just in work today, keep, keep it on. Keep it up. I don't know what she thought, but she was intrigued by this thing. She believed she could do it. And guess what? Today, all over the world, so many thousands of people have been healed. And you say, well, I'm not Charles and Francis Hunter, but (laughs) you're a believer. Amen? And you can be as persistent. You fail the first time, try it again. Amen? Keep going, and God will show himself up. He may be trying to see if you will quit. He does that. And if you don't quit, he says, I can trust you. I'm not going to disappoint you. Amen? I can trust you. Keep it up. I'll go with you. I can trust you. You know, let me show to you that God expects every one of us to heal. Now, in Luke chapter 9, that was the first scripture. I'm not going to, because of time, I'm going to go real fast. He called 12 of his disciples. In Luke chapter 9, he sent them out and then he gave them power to heal the sick. He told them, Don't take anything with you. Just go. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. He says, Freely you've received. Freely <laughs> you receive this power. Give it out. Amen. Give it out. And they went and they healed the people. Twelve of them. And you say, Well, that's twelve Twelve apostles. So Jesus was there and he gave them. But then if you look at Luke chapter 10, Jesus went past the 12, he picked 70, <laughs> meaning he's not just going to be the 12 and I need more. And he sent the 70 out, and then again the 70, he gave the power to go out and heal the sick and to cast out demons, and then they came back, and they were so glad. Because in their time, to be able to cast out demons, that was a big thing. The healing was good. But to cast out demons, these guys were saying to Jesus, Oh, we're so excited. Even the demons, they were afraid of us when we mentioned their name. And Jesus said, Oh, don't rejoice in that. Because that's just something that follows you. Amen. <laughs> rejoice that you are a believer. Your name is written in the book of life. Amen. That's what it did. 12... And then the 70. But before Jesus went to the cross, he made it clear. I'm going to be sending every one of you out. He says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, they shall do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father. And then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, He says, Don't don't worry about the times and the seasons that the Father has put in His own power. But you will receive what? Power. I give unto you power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. Is it not the same power? He filled them with the Holy Spirit. He said, Don't worry about what's going to happen, the times and the seasons the Father is putting His own power. But you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Amen. First in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they went all over the place. They were healing the sick. And the authorities, they they couldn't do anything when they stopped speaking in this name. Amen. That's what did. God has called every one of us to heal the sick. That's why he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not just the apostles, every believer. If you are a believer, you have those signs. I had some time ago, uh, uh, two Jehovah's Witnesses came over to my home and they were going to preach to me about how to get saved. I told them, I said, you can't tell me how to get saved. You're not saved yourself. And the guy said, yeah, what? Really? He was kind of shocked. I said, give me your blue or your green Bible. I'll show you. And he was glad to give me his blue Bible or green Bible. And I turned, because I knew they, they haven't changed that part. I turned to Mark chapter 16. I says. This gospel, Jesus said, go everywhere and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. I said, this is saying, this is the way you know those who really believe. They said, yes. I said, okay, now tell me, which of the signs do you have? Have you cast out the devil before? The guy looked at me and said, no. I said, I have. (laughs) Didn't I tell you you are not a believer? You don't know a thing. And I said, you know, I went through all of them. I said, and you lay hands on the sick, and they recover. I said, have you ever prayed for anyone, and they get well? The guy looked at me, no. I said, well, I told you, you are not a Christian. (laughs) Young man. you are deceived. Go, let God open your eyes. There was one that was the leader, and the new convert that he was using to... I think he lost that new convert that day because uh, the guy was really interested in this stuff. When I talked to him about speaking in tongues, I said, Do you speak in tongues? He said, No. I said, I do. (laughs) You're not a believer. Ask all of them here, they'll tell you. You want to hear it? No, (laughs) kid. But these signs follow them that believe. I'm a believer. I can heal the sick. Yeah, you know, you hear me talk about praying for people who were deaf and they hear God healed them. And you're thinking, who a (laughs) pastor. And just a believer just like you. I accepted the word. And I looked at how Jesus did it. And I said, well, I can do that too. Jesus did that. How did he do it? Tell me again. Put his finger in the ear. And then, yeah, Jesus, I got this part right. What next? Call the devil out. Then they call the devil out and then test him whatever here. And then you test and they do, yes. And everybody goes, wow, he has the power of God. Oh, yes. But the power of God is already there. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, The world will not receive my word. But those that the Father has given to me, they hear me and they'll come to me. He said, If any man believes my word, I and the Father. We will come and make our dwelling with Him. (laughs) Everywhere you go as a believer, you carry the healing Jesus with you. Everywhere you go, He's with you. If you don't believe, you are an unbelieving believer. Yeah. You are an unbelieving believer. Because He said, I and the Father will come And we'll make our living with you. So your hands become his hands. Now you can touch Jesus all the time and nothing will happen. But if you have healing in your mind and you touch him, guess what happens? You get healed. Jesus can touch you, maybe just talking, and there will be no healing. But if he has healing in his mind and he touches you, guess what happens? The power flows through you. You don't have to feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. That's the lie of the devil. That you have to feel something. If God wants you to feel, let him let you feel. Sometimes I feel, and it's good when I feel something, because mine is heat. Once I feel that heat, I don't care what the person get, has. They're going to be healed. I already know that. They get healed. I've seen that over and over again. Once I feel the heat, but many times I don't feel anything. I just act on the word. The power, the generator is already inside of you. You, Your hand, your life is the switch. Once you agree you've turned the switch on, the healing flows. And the person is healed. And it's really quick. Really, really quick. It's so fast. That's why it's called a miracle. One second the pain was there. The next second it's not there. How it happens? We don't know. We just believe the scriptures and act on the scriptures. So I'm going to share with you this morning some of the ways Jesus healed the sick so you know. So you just know. And then I put them in practice. Young people put it in practice. Amen. You will be amazed what God will do. God is looking for somebody that will act on his word. That will believe his word uh, enough. Trusting God enough to go out and step on the limb. Risking being mocked. And doing it. And God wants you can do that. And you failed many times. And it doesn't bother you like Charles and Francis. God has found a friend. He will take you from the bottom. He puts you way up there. Because you can trust his word and you're not afraid of failure. You know he is true. If there's a problem, it's me. God, how correct me inside so I know what to do. And before you know, the number starts increasing. And then God will start speaking to you. And start instructing you and showing you what to do. And people will begin to see it. But it starts in the first day. You decide, I know what to do now. And I'm going to do this. Share this before I go on There was a day I woke up in the morning some years back, and I got up and I told Angela. Angela still probably remember this. I said, Angela, I believe I can, open, I can open blind eyes and open deaf ears. You remember that? I just said it. Because all through the night I was sleeping, God was just sharing with me. And I decided, God, I need that opportunity when I can do this. And I've seen that happen but i want you to do that that's why i'm pastor so i can show you what to do so you can go out and do the same and he alone gets the glory and we'll be doing that here i like practice amen i don't want you looking at me like putting me over there i'm your brother we are in this together amen and we can bring them all in and get them healed now the primary way that Jesus healed the sick was by touch. He turned on the switch by touching them. Sometimes he was so casual, you almost miss what he's doing. But being the son of God, once he touches, the healing flows. It's so, it's so amazing. And you need to understand that. What you need to do, and I'm telling you, we are too... We are too complicated in the way we think about these things happening. Many times, when you're praying with somebody, while they're still talking? This hand is bothering me. All you need to do is go ahead and touch it. Now, Peter's uh, mother was sick. You can read that in in Matthew chapter 8. Peter's mother was sick with a fever. And Jesus walked in, the Bible says in Matthew and Matthew and Mark have the same account. Jesus came in, and all he did he just took her by the hand and lifted her up, and he says, "The fever left." He didn't say a word of prayer, not a word of prayer. Luke said, he rebuked the fever, but it's important that Matthew and Luke, uh, Matthew and Mark were very specific. He touched him, and that was it. And notice, he didn't touch her head. We always do that. We touch people's head. Jesus took her by the hand. If they have a tumor, don't put your hand on their head. You are the switch, your hand. Amen? Put your hand where you may not feel anything, but the Holy Ghost power flows through your hand and does the healing. You may feel, you may not feel. Sometimes they feel, and you feel nothing Amen. But that's not your business. That's his business. You do what he says. Now, the people of the of the time of Jesus, they knew something about touching that we don't understand today when it comes to the Spirit of God. Look at this scripture. Matthew chapter nine, verse eighteen. It says While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will what? Why didn't he say, Come and pray for her? Do you understand that? This man has some understanding that we don't have. He didn't say, my daughter just died, you come and pray and raise her. He said, you come and lay your hands on her, and I'm sure he's going to live. Touch. They knew it. Many times we just take for granted because we know we just lay our hands there. We're not even aware of what we're doing. We don't have the understanding of the power that's flowing. And that's what Jesus did with Peter's mom. We need to understand your touch when you live. Well, that's what Jesus said: they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Just touch. Just touch. This last time I was in Nigeria with a group of people, we were in a church. I decided I'm going to just do that. i would just lay my hands on them while they are talking, and I'll say, "Now, test it again." And you can see in their eyes, like the pain is gone. Don 't have to say a word of prayer you don't have to say a word of prayer. Jesus would do it he's all so right he's all so right, like mark chapter seven verse thirty two Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to do what to put his hand on him again. This was a different situation. these people had the understanding. About laying on of hands. Amen? That we don't have. They were begging Jesus, not pray. They were pleading with him. What did they want him to do? Just put your hand on him. And they believed that would take care of the problem. And Jesus, I go back again. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and cry and scream and pray, and kick and turn around and twirl some, and then the heel will recover. The sick will recover. Is that what it says? They shall lay hands on the sick by touch, and the sick will recover. Why don't we do that and see what God will do? Isn't it that simple? He's so simple. He gets the glory because we're not screaming and hollering. Amen. That's what the word said. They knew about it. They begged him, "Lay your hands." Mark chapter eight verse twenty-three. In 20, through 25. He says, So he took the blind man, they brought the blind man to Jesus, they begged him, the one we talked about. He took the blind man and led him out of the town. And when he has spit on his eyes and puts his hands on him, if a pastor does, if he does that now, they'll take him to court. He's spitting on people in church. I'm telling you, that pastor is crazy. He spits on people. Ooh, who's going to go to that church? He spits on them. And he calls it healing. Something is wrong. (laughs) But he says, he had verse uh, 23, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hand on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Notice what is going on here. He touched on his eyes, and then he laid his hands on him. He didn't even say a word of prayer, right? Then he asked him, did you see anything? I like that. Do you can you understand the revelation here? How powerful this is because you are filled with the same Holy Spirit? You haven't tried it. Why don't you try it? And see what God does. He will surprise you, he will surprise the one who is healed. But this is scripture. And the scriptures cannot be broken. That's what the word says. Now notice. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hand on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Now, notice no prayer said here, right? What did he do? He did the same thing, what he did before. He never said a word of prayer. What does that say? We quit too early. You see? We lay our hands one time. And we try the person, and he says, well, the pain is still there. And so he goes hobbling away. But Jesus won't do that. That's why I like Charles and Francis Hunter. They say, we don't quit. We try every method. We lay our hands on them, and if it doesn't work, they'll pour the oil on the person. If it doesn't work, they'll get And then finally, they do something, and they're healed. Persistence. Amen? Persistence. Refusing to give in. That's what Jesus did. Even Jesus did it twice, right? laid his hands. The guy said, well, I see men walking, walking like trees. He put his hands back again and said, what do you see? And the guy says, I can see everything fine now. And the way we say, say it in Nigeria, my eye can not shine. Now keeps. <laughs> I can see clearly. Amen. But that's what it is. Second thing is a command. Another way to do it is a command. Matthew 12, verse 13. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and he was restored as the other. Sometimes, notice again, there was no prayer, right? This was the man that had the withered hand. Do you remember the story? He was in the synagogue when Jesus was ministering. And Jesus saw him, it was the Sabbath day, and everybody was watching Jesus on the Sabbath day to want to see if Jesus will do something about his withered hand or not. That means they really didn't care much about the man, but Jesus wanted to do something about it. And he challenged them about it. And then he said to the man, just a command, stretch out your hand. You see, that's the key thing here. Sometimes we pray for people and they are waiting to do something. You know what that man would have said? I can do that. My hand is withered. He heard the command. Listen to Jesus. And what did he do? He stretched it out. And the hand was restored. After you've been prayed for, immediately, don't waste time, test it. Immediately test it. If you test it, right there. The healing will be there. He said, Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man, in his mind, he couldn't do that before that. But he heard the word, stretch out your, mind, my, uh, your hand. The word was already in him. The word is what brings healing. And he followed the word with faith. And he stretched it out. And the hand was restored. I'm sure what happened is he did this and went, wow, look. And right, when I went out screaming. My hand is healed. So you do that with a command. You can heal by just telling the person what to do. And Jesus did that with the man that was at uh, the pool. Jesus said, stand up, take your bed, and go home. And the man stood up, took up his bed, <laughs> and went home. This is just the way God does this. In Mark chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, Jesus said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, arise, Take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic again a command I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified, God saying, We never saw anything like that. So that's what it is. You speak the command. That's one way to heal the sick, by giving a command. And then you can combine them. You can both touch and give a command. Amen? You touch the person while they're telling you, about what's going on. It hurts here. My stomach's hurting. Why are they still speaking? Because what they're doing when they're speaking, they're trying to tell you how bad the situation is. I have that in the field. They're telling me they want to tell you this great story and how long it's been and all of that. And while they're speaking, you put your hand. I say, where does it hurt? They say, right here. Put your hand there. You turned on the switch. Amen. You turned on the switch. And then you take, how does it feel now? Sometimes they're shocked. They look at you like, "Wow, the pain is gone. It's a miracle. That's what God does. We should not go away from the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. This is what God does. You speak the word. There's a scripture here. Touch and command. Mark chapter 7 verse 32 through 35. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And he begged him to put his hand on him. He took him aside from the multitude. Okay? He took him aside from the multitude and put his, hand, his finger in his ear. And his spat and touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven. He sighed and said to him, Ephrathah, that is, be opened. He touched his ear and then he spoke what he wanted to be be opened. And then God healed. I'm going to move very fast because of time. Another way is the anointing oil. The anointing oil is so important. God wants you to use the anointing oil. Basically, you can try every one of this. And God can walk through you. You just decide what God is speaking to you and how to go. And some of you are going to start today and start going out with this word and trying to heal the sick. And you're going to be amazed at what God is doing because he's going to be healing the sick through you because you're willing to act on the word. But if you are afraid and you have double-minded, God is not going to use you. If you look at your circumstances and their circumstances, their story and your story, you'll never step out and God will never use you. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus sent his disciples out, and he instructed them not to take anything with them. He says in verse 7, And he called the twelve to himself, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. So he gave them the power over on the unclean spirit. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey. What did he command them not to take? Nothing. He wanted them to take absolutely nothing for the journey. Except a staff. So something to carry them with their hand. No bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts. But to wear sandals and not to put on two tonics. Just go. Don't take anything. But there was something that he provided for every one of them that he sent out. A bottle of oil. Amen. He didn't allow them to take anything, but he gave them permission to carry the anointing oil, which is so important. And if you read further down, he says in verse 12, So they went out and preached to the people that they should repent. And they cast out many demons. Remember, he gave them power to cast out demons. And what did they do? They anointed with oil many demons who were sick, and did, what did they do? They healed them. When Jesus commanded them to go, take nothing, he provided them with oil. He said, i just ordinary oil. But when you are going out to preach the gospel, it's not ordinary oil. You put it on them and you pray a prayer of faith and they'll get healed. You can heal them, but he will, because it's his word, and his word can never return to him. Void. If you act on the word, God will heal them right there, so his word will not fall to the ground. If you don't do it out of faith, you are double-minded, you see nothing. But if you do it out of faith and you are not afraid because you see the person doing this to your stage, and you say, Oh God, this is a hard one. How am I going to heal this? Well, you are not the healer. He is the healer. Anoint them all, and watch what God will do. They will be shocked. Everybody will be shocked, including the one who prayed. (laughs) Amen. Because it's all him. And we're going to do that. Amen. We'll try it on one another. Brother, are you sick? Can I lay my hands on you? And then you go to work, and somebody says, I have a headache. Who said that? Who said, I have a headache? And he will say, What's the matter with you? Come hey, call me a brother. And you lay your hands on them. Amen. If it doesn't work, you say, That's gone. I'm going to try the next day. Amen. But it, you won't be amazed. You will be amazed. As you lay your hands on them, God knows you've been indicting that, in that in your heart. I'm inditing a good thing in my heart. And then as you meditate on the Word and looking for an opportunity, God gives you an opportunity, and you're doing your business. All of a sudden, you hear somebody, I have a headache, and it sounds so loud. And you say, who said that? And then you lay your hands on the person, and they say, did you know that when you just put your hand on me, the headache left? And now they're beginning to think you are Moses. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? And then they begin to come to you, asking for prayer. Now you can witness to them. You see how powerful this can be? So you anoint them with awe. Another way to heal the sick, sometimes and God has to direct you. <coughs> if nothing works, cast out the devil. Amen. It's called the spirit of infirmity. If nothing works, cast out the devil. And let God... Do that. They brought the man that was, who was deaf and dumb, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to heal the person, he cast out the devil. You know of the woman that was double over. Jesus said she had a if- spirit of infirmity, and she says, "Woman, thou art loosed." Not woman, you're healed. You are loosed from that spirit of infirmity. I think the reason why this is not working among believers, they have so many doubts. Christians have a lot of doubt. They would rather not go this way because it's uncomfortable. The fear is failure. All of us, we're dealing with doubt. What Jesus has freely given to us. Until we embrace this thing as a church, And we begin to walk in it, we will not see perfect healing in this church, I'm telling you. We need to repent of our doubts. The Bible is very clear. We walk by faith, not by sight, not the things that you see. We need to start believing God and act on the word of God. And if it doesn't work, God is at this time, God may be putting you to a test. And even in your own life, God may be using that to show you when he's through with that, you got power to continue with the healing. God wants to use us to heal the sick. Every believer can be used to heal the sick. So get ready to heal the sick. Young people, get ready to heal the sick. Try it in school. Try it until God separates you from everybody else. And God begins to use you. That you will never see the hand of God and you'll never walk on water until you step out of the boat and take the risk of being mocked and being ridiculed that you did it and nothing worked. In closing, I would want to remind you of John Wimber. You know the story of John Wimber. The man preached healing because he saw it in the scriptures for many months. He prayed for people because he talked so much of healing. People came to church and he'll pray for them and nobody gets healed. His church members started leaving the church. So every time he has to pray for a sick person, that was a good opportunity to lose more members because nothing was happening. But he said he never quits preaching it because he saw it in the scriptures. And he was hurting, but he wouldn't quit. He was hurting that what was happening to his church, but he wouldn't quit. He kept praying for the sick. And one day he was called, and there was a woman that was dying. The doctors gave her no hope. She was dying. She was on her deathbed. She was just dying. And he got there. They said, Pastor, come and pray. We know you've been talking about healing. When people are desperate, they do anything, even though they know nothing has happened. But he was the last hope; they called him, and he went there, went to the woman, the family behind him, laid his hands, as he knew from the scriptures, and prayed a very weak prayer because he felt God, this is <laughs> I've tried it, I'll keep preaching it. I don't understand why you're not healing. And then he turned around. To console the family, you know how pastors are. You know we never know the ways of God. <laughs> the Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. And then all of a sudden he heard a noise behind him. And he said, who was that? The woman was. She showed off her bed and she was gone, healed. Then he acted like he knew what he was no, talking. <laughs> Amen, and from then on, John Wimber, from a little ministry unknown, Pastor Andy is very aware of it, a worldwide own ministry, because he will not quit. Amen. He will not quit. How many of you are no quitters today? You will not quit what God. I'm giving you the truth of the word of God. This is God's word. And God will confirm his word with science following. I don't want to be doing it myself. I want every member of our church to heal the sick. I want you to be excited about it. And let Pentecost come to the Ark Fellowship in the name of Jesus. Let God begin to bring blessings to us, every one of us. And may God begin to prosper you financially so that that's not a problem for you. Every one of you is going to be blessed. I'm telling you now, God is going to take care of your finances. So that won't be any problem. So you can go out and heal the sick and take care. That's why Jesus said, don't take any money. Just go out. I'll take care of you. Let's be about the father's business and he'll be about our business he's going to take care of your finances if you believe me this morning god's going to be taking care of your finances because you are now up and you're saying i'm going to heal the sick i'll preach the gospel to them i'm going to shout about jesus hey jesus is able to do this work he is the same yesterday today and forever and you're standing for it and he's using you and they are all coming to the ark fellowship To get blessed by you. Amen? (laughs) Not by the pastor, but by you. I tell you, if you have healed, if God has used you to heal somebody, I wonder why he went back on that. God used you to heal. He said, we went, laid his hands, and he healed them. Through you. Yes. But he used you. Jesus didn't say, uh, if you believe in me, the the works that I do, uh, you will do through me. Is that what he said? He said you would do also, right? That means you're doing it. Uh, don't be too religious. He's our glass glory, liar. You want people to notice you too. Forget all those false humility. He wants to use you. But we know where the generator is. Amen? It's coming from him. But you are his tool. And he wants to use you. Just lay hands on them. Keep laying hands on them. And you will see the healing coming. And then when we come to church, before uh, Jason hears the first note, you shout hallelujah. Because you are so excited about what God is doing. Amen. Because God will be doing a great work. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. You see, God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. I don't care how long your problem has been. God can heal you today. Sometimes he may not want to use pastor. Amen. He may want to use Tojo. Let Tojo lay his hands on you. Amen. And you receive your healing. Amen. I will ask our uh, uh, prayer partners, please come up here. But don't just go to prayer partners. If you're sick in your body, I don't care what it is. Why don't try God today? And let's put that scripture into practice today. And need some of you. If we don't have enough prayer partners, some of you up here, come up. If you're not sick and you want to pray for the sick, come up here. Come up here. Come up here. You can pray for the sick. And God will use you. God will use you. God will use you. God will use you. And if you're sick, please come and get well. Amen. Come and get well. Come on. Let's come. If you're sick, come for your healing. Come for your healing. Come for your healing. Come for your healing. Don't hesitate. Come for your healing. He who hesitates is not fit for the kingdom, Jesus said. But if you want to get well, God is here today. Your miracle is here today. And you are going to get healed. As the men of God and the women of God Put the word of God into practice Oh hallelujah Sometimes what we do Because the Holy Ghost is all over you Just hug the person And let the power flow through you And bring healing into their lives God's going to heal you this morning God's going to heal you this morning Hallelujah Hallelujah God's going to heal you We have anointing oil here Pour the anointing oil for healing that God will bring healing into the lives of people who are sick. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Your word is so true. Your word never returns to you void. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, if you're sick, do what you couldn't do before. If you're out in the congregation and you're feeling sick, check yourself, because the Holy Ghost He'll heal you. You don't have to come up. His word will heal you where you're standing. Just do what you couldn't do before. And let Jesus bring healing into your body. He's here today with us. The Lord God Almighty is here today. And He's healing you today. The great healer, the great physician is here. In Jesus' name, receive your healing. I don't care how long it's been. God God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. Thank you, Jesus.